Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. I am back this week, and for the second week straight, uh, Grandpa unfortunately is unable to make it. He's still under the weather a little bit, and again, uh, maybe part of it's because of the way Nebraska played again uh, against against this Oklahoma team, a loss uh, 49-14. I think most Nebraska fans saw this one coming, uh, unfortunately, just the way that we've been playing lately, and you guys have been listening to this podcast, and if you're new, welcome aboard. Thanks, thanks for uh, joining us. But uh, the this this season has been uh, not the best for Nebraska. We had high hopes going in, and then now we're one and three, and looking at some Big Ten games that could be a little bit tougher than we originally thought. Um, but got a bye week next um, coming up, which is good. And uh, speaking of which, for the bye week, obviously Grandpa should be back next week. And uh, we're going to have Clayton Anderson come on the podcast. We're going to do an interview with him. He's an uh, astronaut, former astronaut, and uh, he's, he's written a book called The, o- book called the Ordinary Spaceman. Uh, he's from, from Nebraska. If you haven't read his book, really great book. I would definitely recommend. I've read it a few times myself. Uh, really good. But we're going to interview him uh, about some Nebraska football stuff and then also, obviously, being an astronaut, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. You don't, don't know too many people. Uh, like that, so we're going to talk to him about uh, some of that kind of stuff. So just to hopefully this give you guys a nice break from the uh, um, travesty that is Nebraska football. I will make sure to get Grandpa's take on the Scott Frost firing. And uh, before I get into this game, I should say that Eric Shenander is also fired after this game, uh, the defensive coordinator for Nebraska, if you guys don't know. Uh, and the way that Nebraska's defense played, I don't blame Trev Alberts for doing that either. Um, there were just massive holes. I'll get into that uh, again once I get into this game real quick. And uh, one other note, Nebraska volleyball did unfortunately lose to Stanford. They did win a set, uh, which is good, but I believe they are no longer in the they're, – they're no longer number one uh, – or number two, sorry, in the nation. Um, and, I mean, that's – you get what you get. I mean, Stanford is a good team. Uh, they'll, they'll be back. Nebraska dropped number to number six, so not a big problem. Uh, Creighton moved up to eleven, so that win's looking even better for them. And uh, Stanford dropped all the way out. It looks like I'm not seeing them um, in the. It looks like Stanford's thirtieth actually, so they must have lost to someone. So that's not uh, great. It looks like Louisville beat them uh, recently. Uh, Louisville is number three. Louisville is now number one in the nation, so that's pretty dang good. Uh, Nebraska is. Uh, oh wait, this is from last year, isn't it? Um, yeah, that is, that's weird. Um, yeah, no, but Nebraska should be, uh, let me just double check this. Yeah. Nebraska's number three still, so not huge. Um, and, uh, who Stanford moved up to number five. So pretty good for, uh, Stanford, but Nebraska did beat Kentucky, I believe last night, uh, three sets to nothing. And, uh, they're, they're back on track there. Uh, I think they're, they'll, they'll be fine. They'll, they, they'll got to get it together before tournament time, uh, but they got a long way till then to fix some stuff. So uh, I still think they're one of the best teams in the country by by far, and there was a reason they were ranked uh, number one at the beginning of the season. So, uh, but we'll we'll keep up on that. Uh, just give you regular updates on that because again, we're just a Nebraska sports podcast. Uh, even though the football aspect is way bigger than everything else, that's just because football in Nebraska, uh, especially at Nebraska University, is way bigger than a lot of the other sports. Um, in, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but. Um, you guys could disagree with me. But anyway, uh, let's move into this game real quick. So final score, Oklahoma, uh, number six, Oklahoma, I should say, 40, 49, uh, Nebraska 14. Uh, it really was 49-7. to 7. Nebraska scored uh, their last touchdown in garbage time. Uh, Chubba Purdy got to play a bunch, uh, not a bunch, but a decent amount. I think most of the fourth quarter he was in there, uh, which is which is good. I, I like seeing him. 
Um, he did throw an interception. It was really good coverage, but it was something that he shouldn't have thrown. I think he just was kind of desperate, and it was a – I mean, it ended up not hurting us, so I'm not mad. We were already getting killed, so I'm not frustrated about that, but that, that's something he'll work on. And uh, the – I mean, this is just the, – the game last year in Norman was so much closer, and it looked like it was going to be like that for the first uh, bit of this game. Nebraska stops Oklahoma on their first drive and then goes down and scores a touchdown on a really nice – uh, throwing catch from Casey Thompson to Trey Palmer. Um, and I mean, it, and then Oklahoma's defense just overwhelmed us. They had Anthony Grant bottled up all day. Gabe Irvin got some playing time uh, late in that fourth quarter. He was our leading rusher with 60 yards, which uh, is not a great thing. Uh, we allowed 100 and, let's see, um, I believe it was like two, almost 200 yards of rushing. Uh, total, yeah, no, 312 yards of rushing to 163 yards of rushing, which is that's absolutely terrible. You can't, you can't expect that. Uh, we allowed they were Oklahoma was 10 for 16 on third down, which you just can't do that. Nebraska six for 17. That is the bigger problem to me that we're not converting on first down. Uh, I know that these players have a lot going on, you know, with with the program with Scott Frost being fired last week. Uh, and Mickey Joseph being the interim coach, but it, I think it helps that Mickey Joseph was there as a wide receivers coach first. Uh, he did want to say it, Mickey Joseph has been has, has said um, I, I got a I was reading an article on ESPN about it, and he was talking about how he would like to uh, um, continue with the Nebraska football uh, the the head coaching job. He's looking for it longer than just the interim. So um, I think Mickey's a great guy. I met him over the summer at uh, the golf scramble, and I, I think I mentioned that last week. But he's a great guy. Um, and I would not be upset if he was appointed the new head coach of Nebraska. I think that'd be a good decision for Trev Alberts. But again, uh, there have been some rumors about Urban Meyer, maybe. Um, I'm going to have to follow this one by Grandpa when he gets back on here next week. And um, Urban Meyer maybe coming back to Nebraska. I see what 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 the draw is for him. They, I mean, it would be a blank check, basically. And they'd just be like, okay, tell us what number you want, and we'll bring you in there. And I just don't think I think Urban Meyer's done coaching. Um, I he is uh, he knows when he's done. I think, and I, I think he just is done with the rigor of coaching. His tenure with the Jaguars did not go really great in the NFL. Um, a few years, I think it was last year, um, and he did not. It did not go super great. He, I believe he got fired during the season. Um, so I mean, and it's not a super pressing issue I don't think right now we'll we'll talk about it more and more as we get into the offseason um, and if Nebraska hasn't hired a coach yet um, but I do think that Mickey Joseph would make a really good coach uh, head coach at Nebraska he's been he played for us and uh, and uh, just just bleeds uh, scarlet and cream so um, anyway moving on to, or moving back to this game I should say uh, Nebraska lost a turn- turnover battle again uh one, the one interception I said was not great. Uh, Trey Palmer did get stripped after like a nice 25-yard uh, catch, and it just it just looked like Oklahoma wanted it more at that point. They were up 35-7, to and they still were fighting for everything. It looked like Nebraska kind of rolled over, played dead, um, and it, it just was not a, just not a good look uh, for Nebraska. And, I mean, I, I think we've come to expect this from this team, and that's just a problem. I, I feel bad for these kids that are fighting and – because there's some there's some kids that, and it seems like the offensive line is really struggling, and it's just I mean, it's not something that I've ever I didn't imagine this coming into the season with all those uh, transfers coming in, and then we have a bunch of um, experience returning, 
uh, at the offensive line position, and they just got ran over. Casey Thompson got sacked three times in the first quarter, and uh, I, I think that was maybe four. I think he maybe had four sacks total, but uh, I mean, three times in the first quarter is not okay. You can't. I mean, it was like a sack, and then the next play, a sack. It's just like you you can't be doing that. That's just it's just so. It's so dumb. Uh, yeah, four sacks total for this Oklahoma uh, team against Casey and Chubba. Um, Casey played fine. I think 129 yards, 14 for 20, um, one touchdown. They, they just couldn't get anything going on offense because o- OU's offense was uh, on the field for so long. Um, again, the rushing game tore us up. And uh, the Bra- sorry, Oklahoma put in um, – Two of their their backup quarterback in the fourth quarter as well. He played fine. He gave us a easy fumble recovery, and we didn't turn that into points. So that's kind of a problem. But um, I mean, AJ Allen, Anthony Grant got bottled up. Uh, as I as I said, one bright spot getting Chuba in there and seeing him play was nice, and getting him to play an actual game. So um, that is very nice. Yeah, and I mean. Chubba played fine, as I said before, and it, it just was something that it's just like a here garbage time. He, 7-11, 35 yards passing, one interception. He ran for a touchdown, which was good. Um, he beat a guy to the corner, so it shows he's got speed. But, uh, I mean, I don't know how much we can really take away from this game. This episode's probably going to be shorter because I don't have that much to say about it uh, in, in the game in general. Um, and I, I just think that this is, I mean, you could have predicted this. Uh, most Nebraska fans could have predicted this. I don't think I. Looking back at uh, if you haven't listened to our season uh, preview, Grandpa and I season preview episode, it's like an hour and ten minutes long or something. It's super long. We go through the entire schedule, talk about every single game, uh, not super in depth because we're going to try to do that during the year. But um, as as we go, obviously, and we we said that Nebraska would be deter- what kind of season Nebraska would have would be determined by this Oklahoma game. And I think we already know what Nebraska – and I think looking back at that now, uh, the team that Nebraska has is – we know what it is, and we didn't need this Oklahoma game. We could have predicted this Oklahoma game. Um, it's just unfortunate that they did it in front of uh, the home fans because you would have liked to see them fight for that. It just seems like they don't want it, which is the bigger problem because Trey Palmer could have held, held on to that ball. I think he just got it ripped out of his arms. And – I mean, you work on ball security stuff, you do that, and you still let that happen. That's just inexcusable to me. Um, so I think that uh, it's just like a – it's something that they need to fix, that um, they need to work – that they need to work on in practice. You work on ball security. You work on um, – you work on not passing into double coverage – like that's something that Chubb, but that interception was stupid. I'm not mad about it, as I said, because it was in garbage time. Didn't hurt us. Didn't. I mean, it just it didn't help us. But there was no way we were coming back at that point to win. Um, and that Trey Palmer fumble came. The, it was the first play right after halftime, and Nebraska was like, "Okay, let's get this momentum going," and then it just was immediately killed. And that just was such a huge play for the momentum of that game, and it just swung right back to Oklahoma, and then they never let go of it. Um, not that momentum is something that you, I mean, it, it momentum is something that can switch sides, but it's, it was with Oklahoma, the majority of this game, there wasn't the beginning of this game. I'd say the first eight minutes 
uh, on, on the clock, not actual eight minutes in like real time, because that would mean that we played like maybe four plays, <laughs> um, which would be Oklahoma's entire first series. Uh, but that, that first eight minutes in the first, the first eight minutes of the first quarter, uh, Nebraska looked good. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I was happy to see that, that they look good. They look confident. The defense was playing well. Finally. Uh, I did want to say Devin drew finally heard his name. He got a sack. Now Nebraska's defense is still not playing great. The secondary is shockingly bad. Uh, Quentin Newsom had a, he had a pass interference penalty against, I believe it was Marvin Mims, uh, who was, it was probably going to be a touchdown. I'm fine with that, honestly, because in college, it's not a spot file foul. It's a 15 yard penalty. So that is a perfectly technical penalty. That's perfect. You allow seven points, you just allow them 15 yards, and it was like a 50-yard pass. So it's that's that's perfect um, because he, there was no way he was getting that. He got burned, um, and he just had to drag him down, which I'm totally fine with. Um, as I mean, you give him a free first down, everything. That's and it, the the game was close to that, decently close to that time. I think it was like maybe. 28 7 or something like that there it was the hope was starting to slip away but still that's a smart play I, I think uh usually I wouldn't say that purposely committing a penalty is a smart play but uh like I, I play soccer and you if a guy has a breakaway um you will foul him not not enough to like get a card or whatever usually but if it's a clear threat you just foul um, and then you get numbers back behind the ball. So uh, that's that's a smart foul by Quentin Newsom, uh, in my perspective. Tommy Hill kind of had a down game. Um, the thing that frustrated, the play that frustrated me the most with this defense was the Dylan Gabriel 61-yard touchdown rush that uh, tied it up for Oklahoma at seven. Um, there was some stat they showed on the screen beforehand that said Oklahoma was zero of 19 for third downs of seven yards uh, or more. It was third and seven, and the pocket kind of collapsed around him, so he took off scrambling. Uh, He ran right by Luke Reimer, I think, uh, and another one of our linebackers or a cornerback. I forget uh, who it was specifically, but um, he he just ran right by him, and it looked like they didn't want anything to do with it, which was extremely weird for me. And then Tommy Hill was maybe at the 15-yard line. He disengages off a block and doesn't even try to chase Dylan Gabriel into the end zone. I get that maybe it was like um, he he already knew he was going to score, um, so I get that. But still, like the amount of effort for Nebraska's defense was just shockingly – it was so low, and it has been. Uh, it just looks like they don't care at all. The offense looks like it wants to score points. Uh, fortun- uh, sorry, I should say unfortunately for Nebraska, uh, Oklahoma's defense had a great game plan – for them. They just shut them down after that first series. Uh, and I think that just was, they kind of had to wake up a little bit. Uh, Oklahoma's defense had to wake up a little bit and then I think they were fine. Um, so, I mean, Nebraska's defense, I don't know who will be the new DC. Um, I, I thought Shenander was fine, uh, last year, but this year it's just been, you let up 45 points to Georgia Southern. I'm surprised they didn't fire him after that game. Georgia Southern's offense is not that explosive and they've just been like, Nebraska has been allowing, 270 plus yards of rushing every single game uh in it's against North Dakota against Georgia Southern against Northwestern against Oklahoma Oklahoma's not known for having a great rushing attack it's it's good but it's not 300 yards good 
it's just insane to me that that was they they even pulled a trick play out and scored a touchdown on that. It just was Oklahoma totally dominated this game. They deserved to win this game. Uh, I'm not denying that. I'm not saying that uh, Oklahoma robbed this game from Nebraska. If you just look at the score, there's no way that you are able to rob a 35 point victory. That's not a thing that happens in college football. Um, but I mean. Dylan Gabriel looked really good. I underestimated him a lot. Again, in that season prediction show uh, that Grandpa and I did, I thought that Oklahoma was going to be down. I thought that Dylan Gabriel really wasn't that good. Uh, and I hadn't watched Oklahoma a lot before these, uh, this Nebraska game and watching him in this game. Uh, that kid's good. He's going to be uh, really good for Oklahoma this season. He can he can sling it. He can run. Um, he's, I mean, He'll be drafted in the NFL, I believe. Maybe not a starter, not first round. Maybe we'll see how how their season goes. Um, but Nebraska's one and two at home. One loss to Georgia Southern. One loss to Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, that's just. And I think they're going on the road next. I forget. Uh, I'll get into that um, next game coming up. I think it's against Indiana. Yeah, Indiana. Uh, it's at home. Okay, good. Uh, so uh, Oklahoma. Hopefully that's the end of an era for Nebraska this season, and we can restart with Indiana. We can restart with Mickey Joseph finally having his game plan in there, and um, I think that I think that we I don't I don't, don't want to say we'll be fine because I don't know. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know if Mickey's going to try to um, run some of his own stuff. Whipple seemed like he had a lot more freedom in play calling, or at least that's what the announcers were talking about that he had an opportunity for it. I think that he's been calling the same stuff. It just seemed to work a little bit better, but I don't know. Um, it the This Oklahoma offense is very explosive, and I don't think they'll make the CFP just because they're in the Big 12 and they don't play that good of a competition. They probably will win the Big 12. I just don't know if that will be enough to get them into the college football playoff, uh, but they're a pretty solid football team. Uh, there are some cracks that some – miscommunications, some things, but again, it's only week three, so who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I don't really have anything else that I can think of that I could say about this, um, Nebraska, Oklahoma game. So, um, I did want to jump in real quick and tell you guys about this. Uh, I guess it's a, it's an event. Sure. Uh, I, it's listed as an event, but, uh, this, this foundation, I should say the team Jack foundation, uh, founded by, um, that's a good question. Who is it founded by? I should know that. Uh, it's it founded by, uh, I believe, in, in partnership with Jack Hoffman's parents. If you don't know, Jack Hoffman was the uh, the kid that had uh, childhood brain cancer, really, really terrible thing. Um, he was at that spring game, I believe, in 2013. Um, and it's, I mean, I, I think it was 2013. They, they brought him out. They had him run for a touchdown. The entire team brought him over there. Uh, Rex Burkhead's on the board of this. Um, it's it, Brianna Hoffman, I believe, is his, is Jack Hoffman's mother. Um, I could be I could be wrong, but um, and uh, I think that it's just it, this is uh, I, well. See, Andy Hoffman is definitely Jack's dad. He was on the board until last year of this of this foundation, um, and uh, we they contacted us, uh, Grandpa and I about uh, just telling you guys about this on our podcast. They have a little um, audio clip, which I will run now for you guys. (laughs) 
Your chance to make a difference for kids is coming this Thursday. You can become a champion for a cure. It's Team Jack Day all across Nebraska. Radio stations are teaming up to help Team Jack fight pediatric brain cancer. Kids all over Nebraska and beyond need our help fighting the number one cancer cause of death among children. This is Rex Burkhead. I support the Team Jack Foundation, and you should too. Get ready to call and make a donation. Team Jack will be awarding prizes throughout the day. Tune in this Thursday for Team Jack Day. Okay, uh, and so that kind of explains just what it's about and what the what their focus is. And uh, they have this Radiothon event coming up on the 29th of September. Uh, unfortunately, they invited us out there for it. Uh, I would love to be out there sometime. They get some of the Hell Varsity guys to come out there. Um, and I'd love to get out there sometime for it and just uh, record episodes with those guys and just meet those guys and um, help support this uh, really great cause. And uh, you can donate to them uh, through their website, teamjackfoundation.org, um, you, or you can donate and uh, call 855-RUN-JACK. That's 855-RUN-JACK, uh, and uh, you will be uh, able to donate to this uh, to the Team Jack Foundation for... Uh, the radio during the radiothon event, which again is the 29th of uh, September, the this this coming or not this coming Thursday, uh, next Thursday is that event. Um, it's if you're in Nebraska, the event's live in Elmwood. You can go over there. There's going to be 20 20 radio stations, over 20 radio stations over there. And again, uh, as I said, some of the Hell Varsity guys and just uh, a really great cause to support. And uh, I, I think that all Nebraska fans know uh, it, at least the Hoffman last name. They might not know why it's important, but uh, most Nebraska fans know Jack Hoffman and, and know his story. So uh, just a really great way to support him. So they just asked us that uh, we spread the word. So uh, if you guys would like to donate to that again that's you can find donate uh places at teamjackfoundation.org or you can call uh 855-RUN-JACK and, and donate there as well um and they have some prizes and stuff they're going to be giving away at that um event as well so you're you can buy tickets for that um, you can go to it i would highly encourage you guys to go to that but um yeah uh we just uh hope that their radiothon goes really well and we just thought we'd mention it uh, so that you guys can uh, know what's going on there and uh, yeah let's get into this Indiana game coming up here um, Nebraska plays Indiana as I said uh, at home this coming Saturday or sorry two two weeks from now uh, Indiana's not great I will say that uh, Nebraska's project projected to win according to ESPN's FPI 63% which is decent they have we have about the same points per game 30 and 30.5 points per game nebraska allows way more points per game we both allow over 420 yards of total offense a game which is great um and i mean not great for us great that their defense is really bad as well uh indiana did beat illinois they got killed by purdue and lost to minnesota they it took them overtime to beat western kentucky um so take what you will from from that uh, oh, they got killed by Purdue last year. I'm sorry. Uh, they've only played three games. They play. They beat Illinois by three. They beat Idaho by 13, and then they needed overtime last week against uh, Western Kentucky uh, to win 33-30. to uh, And they had to come back and score a touchdown and a two-point conversion to send that game to overtime. So uh, I think Nebraska, this is a good game. Nebraska can bounce back. 
Um, Anthony Grant, I think, can have a big game. Hopefully, Trey Palmer and Casey Thompson can have big games. Um, but this is just going to be something where hopefully we get a little bit of hope. Indiana's 3-0. This would be a good-looking win. I don't think Indiana's actually that great of a team. Um, as I said, their three wins are against not great teams. Illinois is not that great this year. Um, so I, I think that it'll be a good bounce-back game for Nebraska. Um, I don't really have too much to say about that. I just think that Nebraska, this is you can turn it around a little bit this game and just work on it. Um, good, good to have another home game before you go on the road at Rutgers and then at Purdue. Um, and Nebraska's got to get it figured out pretty soon. Uh, Purdue and Illinois aren't that aren't that good. Rutgers is decent, and Minnesota's going to be good. Uh, we play Minnesota on the fifth of November, so we got about a month to figure out, month and a half to figure out. Uh, what our problems are and fix them before Minnesota. And then we got Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa to end the season. So um, hopefully we're better by then. Uh, but again, Grandpa should be back next week. I'll get his take on Scott Frost, on Schnander, um, on Nebraska's two atrocious games these past two weeks. Um, but I appreciate you guys sticking around with me and listening to uh, just me doing this one because I know that uh, Grandpa brings in some uh, different points of view being a Nebraska fan longer than I have just uh, by the by the fact that he's older than I am. <laughs> um, but he, he does have some uh, pretty interesting points about some of the stuff that I can't replicate. So uh, I know that I've been missing talking to him about this stuff, and uh, we've, we've been texting about it during the games and stuff, and it's mostly just been, uh, this is atrocious. Uh, I, I can't believe any of this is happening. But, um, yeah, again, make sure to tune in next week during our bye week for interview with Clayton Anderson. Grandpa should be back for that. I know I said that last week, and then he still is feeling under the weather, uh, and he just asked me if I could do it by myself. He was ready to do it, but then he, he called it off, so um, I don't I don't blame him for that. But um, So he should be back next week for Clayton Anderson. Yeah, and that, that should be a good episode. I think Clayton's a really great guy. Um, I, haven't, I haven't really met him or talked to him that much, um, but uh, it, it should be a fun episode, really interesting, and just kind of take take the mind off the Nebraska football struggles for a little bit and just a nice, interesting episode for you guys with the former astronaut uh, and uh, published author. So uh, that is all I have for you guys today. I did want to say one final thing before we wrap up here. Uh, you can contact us uh, through email, uh, podcast at protonmail.com. That's podcast at protonmail.com. We'd love to answer some of your questions. If you have any questions for Clayton, um, we'd love to get those uh, for you. And he is for sure coming on next week. This is not a uh, another Tommy Armstrong thing. So um, he's for sure coming on next week. We confirmed it like a month ago. So uh, you can send those questions into podcast at protonmail.com. Uh, and if you'd like to vent your feelings about this Nebraska team, you can call 970-743-0575. That's our voice mailbox we got set up for you guys. Uh, if you'd like to leave us a voice message, we'll play it on the show. If you have questions for us and you'd like to leave it in voicemail form, even better, we'll play those for uh, on, on the show, answer those questions. Or if you have one for Clayton that you want to do as a, uh, as a voice message, that would be great as well. Uh, so, you, again, that, the, that number is going to be 970 743 zero five seven five and uh yeah that's all i have i just want to thank you guys for listening every single week we had about 180 downloads last week on that last episode which was just me so uh i really appreciate you guys uh listening to this the nebraska fan base is one of the best fan bases in the world uh i'm probably biased in saying that but uh anyway go big red and we will talk to you guys next week <laughs>